As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Two years on from rejoining Chelsea for a club record fee, Romelu Lukaku's future looks as uncertain as ever. Unwanted in London, priced out of a move to Milan, where next for Big Rom? I'm Iowa Kimoleri. Welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. James to put it on a plate for Lukaku. He scores his first Chelsea goal. He couldn't miss it. Before we get into this podcast, quick disclaimer, I'm straight out of watching England versus Nigeria. The penalty shootout has kept me emotionally drained. But I'm a professional. We shall stride on and get this pod out on Romelu Lukaku. And in for this one, James Horncastle, who has written extensively on this very issue over the weekend on The Athletic. And joining him, The Athletic's Chelsea writer, Simon Johnson. The rom-com rolls on, using your words, James Horncastle, right now. This is a tricky one, isn't it? Because you see Romelu Lukaku coming back to Chelsea after Chelsea have won the Champions League. They found their man, they found their striker. It's finally back, big money deal. And then it sort of doesn't work out. Simon, let's come to you on this one. Big Chelsea boy, what on earth has gone wrong? How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is it's one of the most frustrating um, situations I can ever recall because Chelsea spent absolute fortune on, on strikers over the years. This has been well documented. But this seemed like the perfect marriage because you've got a guy who... Is, is there's a YouTube video of him coming to Stamford Bridge as a as a young teenager when he was still at Andalette, almost with tears in his eyes, mm. going, "Wow, I want to play for this club one day." Of course, he he did get his wish very soon, although barely did play for the club. He was treated horrifically in his first yeah. spell, but he Chelsea flirted with him quite a few times before before finally getting him. And he just thought, this is the complete package. He's now the mature striker. He's going to be the leader in the dressing room. He's going to bully opposition defence. He's going to turn Chelsea from Champions League winners to Premier League winners. And he started very well. Flag. James to put it on a plate for Lukaku. He scores his first Chelsea goal. And then a few weeks later, it essentially, no, a few months later, he picked up a niggle and... 
and then the drama began. Um, him and Thomas Tuchel did not have the best relationship in the world. Um, and the moment things got tough, tough for Romelu Lukaku, he seemed to chuck the towel in. And, and that, unfortunately, you can, you can question many things about Lukaku, but I'd say the biggest disappointment about him has, has been his attitude and his willingness to, to sort of knuckle down and, and, and sort of really make his mark at Chelsea. It seems like his ego could not take, um, the way that Chelsea treated him. Not that I'm saying that Chelsea, were the perfect marriage for him either in the end mm. because they didn't play the kind of football that that he wanted to play too. So it's turned into this. Well, they're not divorced officially yet. Um, it's been it's been the longest divorce. They're still trying to decide who gets what, <laughs> splitting up um, possessions and stuff. I, I obviously very tongue in cheek, but yeah, it, it, it's just been a very uncomfortable thing for the last two years. I mean, you're you're an esteemed professional, but I've I've got to think superstitiously here. That number nine jersey for Chelsea. Oof. Let's just say it, it hasn't been good. It worked for Boularoos. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no one should touch it with a barge pole. Um, if, even even if I was offered it, I'd say no. Well, two hundred and fifty grand a week might might, might sway you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll t- <laughs> take it back, Chelsea. Well, I'm then, here for you. I'm here oh, for you. Kissing the badge as we speak, right? You know what's what's interesting is obviously we've got this situation now uh, into Milan, um, where obviously he was offloaded on loan uh, to Inter Milan from Chelsea because things didn't seem to work out at Chelsea. But yet again, we feel like Romelu Lukaku might have burnt his bridges with the team that you'd like to think was a, a decent fit for him considering the great stuff he'd done with them previously. Yeah, absolutely, Ayo. I mean, it was a big surprise when he left Inter because that was where he felt he had rebuilt his career and not only that, but fulfilled his potential. You know, I remember sort of in the spring of his final season at Inter when they went on to win the league for the first time since 2010, he gave... You know, quite a deliberate interview to France Football because France Football is the magazine that holds the Ballon d'Or. And he said, you know, he felt like a top five striker in the world. And you know what? If you look at how he played in that season under Conte, it was hard to dispute. You know, that's ultimately why Chelsea paid 115 million euro um, for the player. And so... Inter fans didn't want to lose him. He did what Romelu often does, which is says he didn't want to leave. And then a few weeks later, he does leave. And Inter were in a, and still are, in very straitened financial circumstances. So, you know, that money was like manna from heaven uh, for them. But, you know, Lukaku goes... And he's unable to say goodbye to the fans because it was a decision taken sort of mid-summer. And, you know, I think that played on his mind whilst he was at Chelsea, that Inter were able to put this story out that the player wanted to go, that it wasn't related to their financial circumstances. And so there were some very tasty banners left outside of San Siro by the ultras basically saying, you know, you've abandoned ship uh, when we're in a storm. And I think he wanted to correct that narrative, which he did when he went to, he let the Sky Italia journalist Matteo Bazzaghi into his London home and gave that interview, which effectively 
sort of finished his his Chelsea career. Um, and so, you know, it's clear he wanted to go back to Inter. I mean, he said that in that interview that he still wanted to go back to Inter, not at the end of his career, but still in his prime. And that he would recommend that his former strike partner, Lautaro Martinez, stay at Inter because he wanted to play again with Lautaro, which was, which was a bit a bit strong. And then obviously he gets this loan, which, you know, looking at it, it's amazing that Chelsea even signed off on that because, I mean, he cost them 115 million. Okay, they get some of his wages off the books. They get a small fee. But really, I mean, you know, when you look at, accounting benefit it's not it's not great they're still yeah it's still a big hole in their in their accounts he goes to inter he scores on his debut but then he gets injured uh and then the world cup's coming up in november and it's maybe his last world cup and so he has to be fit for that he goes he's not fit for it has a disappointing world cup it's the last one for the golden generation um misses a big chance against croatia and, you know, again, all of a sudden Inter are saying, well, this guy's not doing it for us. He's not scoring goals. And it was only in the final third of the season where he really found his fitness, found his sharpness, started scoring goals again, had a really strong end to the season. But the manager at Inter, Simone Inzaghi, had his mind made up when it came to what was his strike partnership and what was his team for the big games. And so this team that reached the Coppa Italia final, Champions League final, Lukaku could score all the goals he wanted in the league, but he wasn't going to get into the team. And still, he'd done enough for the club to think, you know what, let's sign this guy on a permanent basis if we can do a deal with Chelsea. But then, you know, according to the the line from Inter, he didn't pick up his calls. He was ghosting them. Um, And so this move that seemed very obvious, um, that he was just going to join Inter on a permanent basis second time around has not happened. And that is the twist in this story that very few people saw coming. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You talk about it being a, a rom-com. This this has all the airs of a Shakespearean tragedy. Like, you know, you've got these, these various families battling for this one asset. And then the, the, there's a few new players in. Uh, 
looking like Saudi Arabia, looking like Juventus, another another treacherous family with an incredible fan base, an interesting fan base as well, a fan base that racially abused Romelu Lukaku uh, at one point. So we, we've got this cacophony of madness that is uh, Chelsea and also the Romelu Lukaku situation. Simon, is this just symbolic of how tre- Chelsea have also been operating I- I- in the current transfer market. I mean, last season, uh, we saw how many players came into Chelsea. I- is there a, an idea of what they want from a striker? <laughs> in, in fairness to the new owners, th- this is a problem they inherited. Like They've made a lot of mistakes, but this was a problem they inherited. Thomas Tuchel made it very clear from the get-go last summer that this guy had to go. Um, and I think there there is an admission mistakes were made last summer in the transfer window, obviously with the certain players that have been signed, um, but also with the speed in which they agreed a loan deal with Inter Milan. Because I think the fee was worked out roughly about £6.9 million. I think they, they sort of went, as as time wore on, they sort of went, hang on a minute, um, we've been done here <laughs> because th- this is the most valuable, one of the most valuable assets assets a club can have is a is a is a goal scorer. Um and yet they they've sent him back to the club that <laughs> that got ninety seven point five million pounds for a year before for, for peanuts. Um in terms of the general, do they know what they want from strike? Yes, because they are they they they've they, they've shown that in the dealings they've done since. Um, Nicholas Jackson, who's had a very positive preseason, um, and Kunku, if you if you count him as a strike, obviously his his position is a bit more nuanced. That was a deal that was agreed several months ago, so you can see where they're going now. So yeah, we'll. we'll it's a really, really difficult scenario for Chelsea to fix because essentially he's on massive wages and the owners have tried to give him a little nudge to Saudi Arabia. Um, of course, a few players have, have headed that way from Chelsea. But from from the get-go, Lukaku's made it pretty clear that he's not ready for that kind of move because he still counts himself as one of the best forwards in the world. And... While Saudi is a, a clearly a growing league, um, he's he still sort of got ambitions of Champions Leagues and, and major titles in in whatever league he ends up in. Yeah, James. Then that that brings us to Juventus, the, the, a likely suitor, I guess, but also a team with huge financial burdens as well at this moment in time. <laughs> There's been conversations around Vlaovic going to Chelsea, obviously with with a bit of an extra fee attached to it as well. I mean, what, what where do you Juventus sit in this? And also, would it be the right move for Romelu Lukaku to go to Juventus? Is it a team where you can see him flourishing? <laughs> so on the pitch, tactically, yes, I can see him flourishing there. I thought it was very interesting when uh, Lukaku gave an interview pitch side for CBS after one of Inter's Champions League games. He was talking with Thierry Henry, who's been a mentor mm. for him. And he was saying that, you know, at the beginning of the season with Inter, you know, in Zaghi, yes, he played the same system as Conte, but it was a different style, a little bit like with Tuchel at Chelsea, where he wanted to press high, have more of the possession, be higher at the pitch. It's just not space to run in behind, space to break on teams. Juventus would give him that. You know, Juventus are very unashamed about, yeah, you have the ball, we'll sit around our penalty area and then we'll lob it 
lob it forward and you know one of our strikers will carry the ball and score and that's what we want and Lukaku would fit that perfectly where this is just like completely mind-boggling is um, this is Juventus this is uh, the biggest rivals in the bitterest rivalry in Italy if you haven't already kind of torched your reputation with Inter by leaving the first time around, doing this basically just puts an end to it. You know, like you become an enemy. Uh, and and also, you know, as you referenced, some of their ultras racially abused him uh, during the Coppa Italia semi-final uh, only in April. You know, why you'd want to go into that environment, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. But on the one hand, an Inter made this case... Um, you know, Chelsea, you know, have got this player who cost them 115 million euros two years ago. I think he's got a five-year contract. So divide that by five. I think he's probably worth around 55, 65 million euro on their books. It means Chelsea have to get that kind of number in order not to make a loss on the player. And for Italian clubs, you know, Sai referenced it earlier that they practically gave Lukaku away last year. You know, Italian clubs would expect that if, if he is to leave, Chelsea are going to have to not give him away again, but be realistic about what they can get from clubs in the Italian market. I do think it's very interesting and, and it must be quite frustrating for, for Chelsea that, uh, you know, until a few months ago, the guy who got the best out of Romelu Lukaku uh, was in charge of a Premier League club that may be in the process of selling a striker, which was Antonio Conte at Tottenham. Okay, if that had if Conte had stayed for another year, I do wonder how much, uh, how many phone calls Daniel Levy would be getting about sign me Romelu. Um, and then, you know, we, again, the other, the other what if there is if Bayern can't get a deal done for Kane, you'd, you'd all, you'd kind of automatically think, what are the strikers on the market? Lukaku. And they can't sell there either because Tuckle's there. I, I, I think, you know, Italian clubs just, they just can't compete with, you know, uh, with the Premier League and they have to I remember there was a few comments under my piece about Lukaku saying why have they made these derisory offers and it's like well that's because they're at the absolute limit of what they can offer they need to get some kind of value from this um, and yeah I think we even saw it with Chelsea selling Pulisic to AC Milan I mean the first bid was 14 million euros and Chelsea were just like are you kidding <laughs> you know but that, these Italian clubs have to try and get value and um, and so as with Juventus, you know, as it was with Inter, they would be looking to get him for as little money as as possible. Um, or in this Vlajevic situation, you give us Lukaku, we'll give us Vlajevic, but you also have to make up the difference and give us a load of money as well. <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't think that's been particularly appealing um, to, to Chelsea so far. Simon, I, I wonder if, there's some correlation between what's happening with Mbappe at um, PSG at the moment and it's and Laurent Lukaku. The difference being one player is at the top, heading into the top of their career, the other sort of on the decline. But in the sense that we could potentially start the season with these two strikers not even having a team to play for. Is there a chance that Romelu Lukaku <laughs> might not even play football at the top end of this season? Um. Yeah, I mean, you have to say yes. That that I, I think Chelsea do the utmost to try and avoid that, um, and and that they'll have to eat some humble pie and and take a huge financial loss um, for him to go somewhere in Europe. Do they roll the dice 
if if it goes beyond the European transfer window, do they sort of think, oh, we, perhaps we, if Al Hilal don't get, you know, the the, the big name striker they want, they seem to have gone after everyone. But uh, I mean, they 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 were looking at Lukaku early in the window. Do they roll the dice and hope that 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 they come back in for him or or someone else does? Uh, this this only time will tell. Um, but it it's a very very awkward situation. Because before, there was a reason why they asked Lukaku to report back for training after the Chelsea squad had left for their pre-season tour to America. They they hoped that his situation would be resolved by now. Um, now they're back in the building. Everyone's all back in the building. And and, and that's a very... I mean, you know, do you, do you go over to Romelu and, and sort of break bread with him over lunch. But Sai, for me, the interesting thing is, and, you know, people take it for granted that this is just over between Chelsea and Mm. Lukaku, and we can kind of understand why. But, like, okay, ownership has changed. Coach has changed twice. The squad has been completely overhauled. So, like, let's say, you know, some of the leaders in the dressing room that were there when he was around, they're gone. Mm Mm-hmm. So it feels like it is kind of, it should be a fresh slate in that this guy is coming into the same club, but completely different in terms of uh, coach, completely different in terms of teammates. So my question is, why can't it work? Surely it's in Chelsea's interest to make this work from a financial point of view. They, they, they paid $115 million for this guy. Like, why, why don't you try and make it work? In in uh, in this in this new environment that you've got, Simon, are his numbers good enough? Be be cool. In the last two years, are his numbers good enough to justify that? Well, that, that's that's another argument, and his fitness as well. Um, you know, he, he's not played um, two full seasons, um, and I get where James is coming from. Um, you know, you you would the 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 sort of everything tells you. Well, if you can't find a buyer, then you got to make it work somehow and of course if he does if he does make it work then the better chance you have of finding a buyer next time around but i'm not sure he fits into pochettino's style of play pochettino's very much about in it together real sort of team bonding everyone sort of saying hello to each other on a daily basis whereas lukaku seems to be all about himself um it's all about me and why didn't I get that pass? Why didn't you give me this pass? And I, I'm not sure how that will work in in the in what Pochettino is trying to do here. And certainly the noises that Pochettino has made so far haven't exactly been encouraging towards some kind of uh, reconciliation. Reconciliation. Yes, thank you. You know what kind of word I was like, desperately searching for. There are a lot going head. through your head. Probably not that one. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I I think it's a great. I, I still think it's a great, great shame because even going back to what James was saying about the interview. Just before that interview came out, he just returned to the squad, and for example, I was at Villa Park, and he came on in the second half. And he was magnificent. He was the Lukaku that Chelsea had signed. Ball in. Lukaku Bullying Aston Villa defender. And you're going, yeah, this is this is it. This is he, he's got his mojo back. And then I think he scored against Brighton in, in the in the next home game. 
And then the interview came out. So just as he was sort of getting back into Chelsea's good graces, not that he'd really fallen out at that stage. It was just a, a fitness thing. I think he'd thrown his dummy out a little bit about not starting against Manchester United. And perhaps there were a few issues with Tuchel by that stage. But he'd come in and scored a couple of goals. And then this interview came out. And the thing is, he'd not only lost support within the Chelsea dressing room and, and the Chelsea manager, but the Chelsea fans, that, that's the other thing that you have to take into, uh, uh, um, into account here. Chelsea fans don't want him back. They, 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 they've fallen out of love with him. He very much, he, he's not recorded an interview for them, uh, apologizing to them, um, for, for some of his behavior. And, and, yeah, I, I, I'm still a bit, I know what James is saying. It makes a lot of sense. But when you actually look at the whole Lukaku, sort of what he is, what he's become, um, and what, che- where Chelsea are trying to go, a young squad, all under the age of 25, all together, all hungry, um, incentivized contracts to make you earn more money. Lukaku's money's guaranteed. It just doesn't work, I don't think. So I still, I still think that their number one goal is to get him out of the club as soon as possible. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Athletic Football Podcast with Io Akinwalere. We should have renamed this pod Who Still Loves Romelu just in, in bold at the top. I mean, that, that's kind of what's coming out of this. But I just want to sort of pick up on what you said, Simon, though, because I know what you mean about quote-unquote attitude or whatever. And sometimes I question this with, with, with football players, especially ones that would regard themselves as one of the top strikers in the world, right? Don't you need to be selfish? Don't you need to want the ball? We see Mo Salah we mm. do something like that. We see Karim Benzema definitely always wants the ball. Um, top striker. We see, you know, others, Ronaldo, um, you know, God rest his career in Saudi Arabia. But, you know, we see him still want the ball because mentally they believe they're the best strikers in the world. And why wouldn't you want that responsibility? Yeah, no, if, uh, I, I don't want to sound like I'm backtracking. There's nothing wrong with mm. being, I'm the man, give me the ball. But I think you've also mm. got to work hard to get the ball. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just sort of... It, it, was, it was shocking to see... It was like a visual thing with Romelu because you saw it was chalk and cheese. The first few weeks, if you remember the first few weeks when he started at Chelsea, his debut at Arsenal, magnificent, absolutely magnificent. Everyone was purring, not just in Chelsea. Everyone outside Chelsea were were talking about Chelsea winning the league because of this guy. But that wasn't the Romelu Lukaku we saw a few months later. He was very sort of slow, sluggish. He wasn't as fit. James knows this far better than me. Um, but the, 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 the number one thing about, well, it seemed to me one of the main factors in why he was so successful into Milan when they won the title is that he was so fit. Like Conte got him so fit. Um, 
at Chelsea, his fitness declined, you know, just in terms of what he could do on the pitch. He wasn't able to make the kind of runs. Um, yes, he had an injury, but I don't think it was just about that. I, I, I think there was certainly, you could tell visually that he wasn't in the same shape as he was as an Inter Milan player. Mm. James, let's let, let's go to the other striker then, and and you you know Italian football very very well. Let's go to Vlajevic. If if this deal does miraculously happen and they can stop up the cash, and maybe Chelsea don't make such a huge loss on Romelu Lukaku, what kind of striker we're we looking at for the Premier League? Definitely know about Serie A, but what kind of striker we're we looking at for the Premier League? Can is this the guy that can step up? Because he another striker that backs himself and always has. Yeah, I mean, he was a player that Arsenal really wanted 18 months ago. And yeah, Fiorentina would have preferred to sell him to Arsenal than to their big rivals, Juventus. I mean, Vlajevic, everyone uh, is in love with Viktor Zimin at the moment. I'm sure you are as well. <laughs> I mean, Nigerian Super Eagle, why wouldn't I be? <laughs> Probably right. our greatest asset for the last 10 years. Yeah. So, uh, so Ozyman, over the last year, have, of course, has become like the the face of um, strikers uh, in Serie A. But, you know, if, if you go back this time last year, I think the question marks around Ozzyman were always that he was injured, he was brittle, um, he would, you know, he'd never scored more than, I think, 15 goals in a league season. And so the, the guy who was the guy was Vlajevic, because Vlajevic was always fit. He was scoring, you know, in excess of 20 goals. He'd score free kicks, he could be a great penalty box striker because he has that. No one has it as good as Haaland in terms of that acceleration where even when you've got a deep defense, he can get behind you and, and finish off moves. But he has that, he has similar kind of trait um, to his game. Um, and, uh, you know, it was very much seen as, I mean, everyone initially talked about him as like Germany and England have got Haaland. France has got Mbappe, we've got Vlajevic. He's that good in terms of this generation of strikers coming through. And uh, he moves to Juventus for 70, 75 million, scores on his debut in the league, scores on his debut in the Champions League. But then he, he, he picks up an injury, um, which he's still really struggling to shake off. It's a groin injury, seems to continually torment him. So that's been a factor in what was a disappointing season at Juventus, even though he was their top scorer, got into double figures again. And then you've got to look at the fact that Juventus's manager, Max Allegri, uh, even though he's won the league six times, he's been to a couple of Champions League finals, done the double four times. He has a style of football which is seen as, you know, I mean, it's the opposite of Roberto Di Zerbi's football. <laughs> it's very much, let's... Uh, make this all about not conceding. Let's sit back. Let's hit teams on the break. That just doesn't suit Dusan Vlajevic. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I can imagine Chelsea fans and some, you know, sort of casual Premier League fans looking at his numbers last year and saying 10 league goals, you know, why are we interested in that? But I think you're, you're looking at the potential that Vlajevic showed 18 months ago and he's still, still only 23. Um, but, you know, as Sai knows, it doesn't really seem to appeal all that greatly to, to Chelsea, that they're, they're, they're almost being having a striker forced on them, that they're having to pay for. 
<laughs> on top of giving Lukaku away. You know, it's it seems to be sort of very driven by Juventus. And I think because of the situation Chelsea find themselves in with Lukaku, they kind of have to consider options that would allow them to get Lukaku off the books and this is one of those options even though is it all that appealing for Chelsea from a from a purely transactional point of view rather than you know whether the player is good or not whether he can make our team better and that sort of thing so it's a it's a strange situation um, in a very strange transfer window so yeah, far at yeah, least I from, mean, a, from an S- point Simon smiling nodding thinking you know I, I, I'm trying to even think about what's going through your head. <laughs> so am I. Pre-season. Jack, <laughs> Jack, Jackson's looked fantastic. Yes. It looks like he's part of a team. Um, in Pochettino, and you know, it's it's quite miraculous what Pochettino seems to have done with Chelsea. I know pre-seasons are still too early to tell, but you feel like there's a togetherness to a certain degree with, with this team because it feels like a relatively fresh slate in many respects. Someone like Vlajevic coming in, does that not disrupt the progress of a, a, a potential flourishing striker like Jackson? Well, yes and no. I mean, I think one of the the problems with it is that it's if he does come, it would be after pre season, and I think in an ideal world, you, you'll always have everyone together so you can work work on things and get that understanding. Although Chelsea won't have Europe as a distraction this season, so they will benefit from Pochettino will benefit from four weeks between games uh, more often than not. Vlaovic has been has been on the list, sort of in that sort of striker conversation um, during the summer. But also, the thing is, how often do player plus cash deals actually happen? They're often talked about, but rarely they're not easy deals to do. It's not straightforward, and this oh, they used to happen a lot at Juventus. <laughs> read read our investigation. <laughs> Good plug, good plug. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, good shout. Uh, but um, but generally, like certainly Chelsea. I mean, they're 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 their most famous one. I'm trying to think of of any others. Was was back in 2006. Uh, William Gallas and five million pounds for, for Ashley Cole. I mean that 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 turned out to be, although I, I still think Gallas was a tremendous player, and I'm sorry to see him go at the time, but. You could argue that that deal was quite a good one for Chelsea. Um, work, for Chelsea, not for worked us. Out, worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, Vlaovic, you know, 23, he fits into that 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 age bracket they're going for. Um, and they do need, I, I, I like Jackson a lot, but what is beyond Jackson? You've got um, Armando Broya, who, who's had a very serious injury, has not kicked a ball since December. And Kunku, of course, ha- did play up top during pre-season, but we're still waiting to hear what the status is of, of the knee injury that he sustained um, in, the, in the last friendly against Borussia Dortmund is. So I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say, you know, that, that this is definitely not going to happen. But Chelsea are going to have to eat some humble pie when if, if the deal is done because inevitably the terms are going to favour Juventus. 
Yeah. Well, super quick on Chelsea's uh, transfer market dealings. Everyone's always interested in Chelsea's transfer market dealings for some reason. There's so many. I've actually lost count at this point. But look, (laughs) Axel Disassi, obviously from Monaco, has come in as a centre-back. And also uh, Robert Sanchez from Brighton, um, trying to give Kepa that little battle. What's all this talk about Tyler Adams uh, coming in from from Leeds United? And um, please, can someone just demystify what's going on with Moises Caicedo, please? Oh, it's 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 rivaling Harry Kane for the tedious <laughs> transfer saga of the summer. Look, Brighton are Brighton are digging their heels in. They 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 value him at Declan Rice kind of money. Uh, Casado wants to leave. Chelsea want to sign him, but they they. I feel like it's almost become a bit bit battle of egos. Um, but I still think Chelsea will will try and get this over the line. Is Tyler Adams and Tyler legit? Adams is legit? Yeah, um, you got to remember that that Chelsea lost Conte, um, Kovacic, and then Jorginho back in January. So midfield is definitely a, a a weak area in terms of the squad. Yes, they've signed some 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 youngsters. Um, like Andre Santos is now joined up, looked quite good in pre-season. But I think Tyler Adams, also you've got that USA connection, 20 million clause. You know, I think it's sort of seen as a a, a, a steady bit of business. But has, has it is it getting the Chelsea fans uh, excited? Definitely not. I think they're sort of a bit underwhelmed and thinking, just sign Casado, we don't care about this guy. But the thing is, like, you know, if you... Go out and pay what 124 million for Enzo Fernandez, yes. then Brighton are perfectly entitled to say, Give us a hundred you know, plus for that's, Kaiser, that's, that's yeah. the benchmark, mm. that's the benchmark, yeah. And and so, the De- Declan Rice, of course, is it's the Declan Rice one, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, as well. So, and and of course, Brighton are sort of going, Well, <laughs> um, you seem to have paid quite well for you know, Cucurella, for example. You know, so Brighton, Brighton will feel like, well, you know, if we we stick to our our uh, valuation, eventually Chelsea will fold, and and Chelsea have done their utmost to to uh, to not bow down to them, but I think eventually they're going to have to just, unless they walk away, but that almost feels like they're they're um, doing themselves harm there because clearly he's been lined up to be the guy next to Enzo Fernandez, and Pochettino is twiddling his thumbs just waiting for the guy who wants to walk through the door. Simon James, thanks for your time. Now remember, you can read more about Romelu Lukaku's future and keep right up to date with all this summer's transfer window activity, including what Chelsea still have to do on The Athletic. You can also sign up today for just $1.99 a month for an entire year at theathletic.com forward slash football pod. Plus keep an ear out for the Athletic Women's Football Podcast following England's dramatic penalty shootout win over Nigeria in the World Cup. I'm not going to lie, still hurts a little bit. Michael Cox and Charlotte Harper will be alongside Michelle Owen for that one wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Athletic Football Podcast. The producers were Adonis Pratsides and Guy Clark with additional production by Mike Stavro and Jay Beal. The executive producer was A.D. Moorhead. To listen to other great athletic football podcasts for free, search for The Athletic on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places and head to theathletic.com slash football pod for the very latest subscription offers. The Athletic Football Podcast is an Athletic Media Company production. The Athletic.